This episode is sponsored by Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio was founded by OBGYN Dr. Greg Brannon after practicing OBGYN medicine for 30 years. His clinics are located across the Carolinas, Texas, Virginia, and soon to be Florida. Optimal Bio uses hormone replacement therapy and a whole body approach. They'll provide you with a holistic plan for nutrition, fitness, supplements, and general wellness to help you live a more balanced life. They've helped countless patients and would love to help you too. So check out their website, www.optimalbio.com, and all their social are at Optimal Bio. You are listening to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien. In healthcare, we have so many questions about what's trending versus what's actually the truth. So on this show, we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's health, it's wellness, it's beauty, explained by the people who actually know what they're talking about. Hey guys, welcome to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I am so excited today. I have Dr. Gregory Brannon. He is an OBGYN who started Optimal Bio, which is a hormone replacement clinic. And they're located in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, soon to be Florida, Texas, kind of everywhere my, my people are really. And I'm, I'm particularly excited today because I get questions about hormones all the time. And I, that's not my wheelhouse and never has been. So I'm super thrilled to have someone on to talk who really knows what they're talking about. So Dr. Brandon, welcome. Thanks for coming on Thank today. Thank you, Mr. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay. Tell us, I know your, your medical background as an OBGYN, obviously you dealt with women and hormones your whole career, yep. but how did you pivot into private clinics and, and doing just hormone therapy for now, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been doing an OB for uh, roughly almost 30 years. Uh, I love OBGYN. I love life. I enjoy delivering babies. Uh, women are special. I enjoy the, being part of their life process, you know, from, from, you know, preteens all the way to 90 years of age. But in the process of that, and my own journey, my own health journey as well, hearing things being called because of aging or this is the way it's going to be, just suck it up. It got me crazy and was very right. bo what bothersome to me is perimenopausal menopausal complaints for women the treatment was antidepressants. And I'm not saying antidepressants are needed sometimes, but not 85% of us, not right. a masking the event. And, and what's, what's very interesting is if I ask women or men, gynecologist, what's the most abundant hormone in the human body? They'll say insulin or cortisol or hey, a woman's body. They'll say, and they'll say, well, I, I was like, do you want me to answer? Or must, is this a question you for like me? To, I yes. don't know. <laughs> Oh, no. it's, it's, I don't know. No, it's, I'm not. It's, it's, well, you already told me, so I can't it's answer. It's testosterone. It's 50 times higher than a woman's estrogen. Okay, so wow. this is not an option. And in our body, both men and women, testosterone becomes estrogen. We have different ratios, but I have testosterone. I have estradiol. You have estradiol. You have testosterone. But what turns it off is estrogen going back to the brain. So the brain says we have plenty of testosterone. So understand this is this is the hormone that every single cell in the body needs. So how do you really know how how your body's functioning if you don't have optimal levels? So then the question is, what's a good level? And here's the issue: I'm 63. When I was in school, a woman's range is roughly between 70 and say 250. Today, that bell curve is three to 41. So the first question you ask yourself: Why is it shifting left? Why are we saying a woman 50, 60 right. years ago was healthy around 200 and today healthy around three? 
something's got to. Why, why are we? Well, we'll go over What's that in a minute. Men. Okay. Men was when I was in school, it was roughly 800 to 1400. Now some labs call men normal if they're above 170. So I've today, never heard 300 is the low. So, so that's today's seems- man is equal to yesterday's woman. That's crazy. It's okay. Cr- well, and when, let me ask you this too, before I forget. Okay. You said, this is really interesting. You said getting people to the optimal place. And I feel like the rhetoric now is kind of, is balancing and balancing your hormones. But I mean, my, you can't really balance your hormones, right? Like it isn't a roller coaster and it, but it's like you said, are we, we're trying to get to an optimal place. And I think that's where right. the conversation is really getting sideways. I really, exactly. And that's the thing about this is a, a woman who's ovulating. She's going to make every single day. Her estrogen is a different number. Every single day, her progesterone is a different number. So based upon the cycle, it'll be a different hormone level. Then, but the, but the, the pre- precursor to testosterone is testosterone. That should be stable throughout the month. That's important to understand. A man's more simple. We're just stable all the time. We make testosterone every 15 minutes. A little different. And then in menopause. Classic. Yeah, exactly. And then in menopause, the, stick, the definition is one year of no period or an FSH above 23. But you're never, a woman's never through her menopause because menopause, by definition, is no hormones. You, you end your hormone, that, that stage of your life ends when you go to heaven. But there's benefits to make hormones. Like this is important. We would never say, for your age, Miss Claire, it's okay to have no insulin. For your age, Claire, right. it's okay to have no cortisol. We would never say that. The only right. hormones that we, we see say that for other to things. is estrogen, testosterone, testosterone. Because we just look at the fertility, the contraception part of testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. Not the other things. Like if I say, what makes bone? Testosterone. What makes brain? Testosterone. Testosterone protects, uh, uh, decreases breast cancer. It's it's a very important to understand there's more functions than just the fertility part of it. So when you lose these, I see this in the perimenopausal stage. I'm de- uh, here's the reason why people come to us. Tired of being tired, brain fog. Yep. Back, I don't care if you're an eight-year-old boy or a 90-year-old woman. Those are the top two reasons. Number three, moods, anxiety, depression, uh, forced like belly fat, tiredness, out of shape. Five is libido. That people always say they sell it as that. That's a byproduct of being healthy. So the question okay. is, is like if you have testosterone optimized, diabetes is decreased by 250%. Overall mortality is decreased by twofold by just having optimal levels of testosterone. So the question is, why are we lower in the last 50 years? All these chemicals in the environment, uh, the, uh, pesticides, uh, plasticizers, uh, shampoos, cosmetics, what they do is they mimic estrogen. And estrogen is very interesting. Estrogen has two components, two receptors. One's called an alpha, one's called a beta. To be simplistic, the beta is protective. The alpha can be bad. But all these metabolites are actually estrogen mimickers that mimic more of the alpha one. So what happens is your body's hyperestrogenic, not because we're making more estrogen, because we're in the, the closed system we have. Like ingesting is it, kind bingo, of. Bingo, it's coming in. So the body's very smart. It knows uh, tes- uh, testosterone goes from estrogen. So if I have a bunch of estrogen, it's going to think, okay, therefore I have testosterone. So what we're doing is we're normalizing sickness. This again, the example is my new book called Restore, comes out March 12th. It's 85,000 words, I got 600 references. Is back to insulin again. 
We all know what insulin has. If you're low insulin, it's diabetes, blindness, dementia, cardiovascular disease. We know that. I believe low hormones lead to a rapid aging process. Our biological clock does not have to equal our biochemistry clock. Oh, gosh. Oh, I love that. Okay. All right. Speaking of biological clock, because this is just where I am now, I'll be 40 in a month. And I feel like what I hear and what, I, what I'm asked all the time from women my age is, we, you talked a little bit about menopause and there are clear you know, guidelines that say, this is when menopause has started. Like you said, it's the no period in a year and then a lab, a lab levels. But and, I, and just tell me what where where you think this is coming from. I feel like I'm hearing from women all the time, friends, followers, whoever. Okay, I know I'm not in technically menopause, which means when, when can you be perimenopausal and why are women so flat out dismissed until they hit that menopause actual diagnosis? The last, I'll do the last one first. Being dismissed drives me nuts. Nobody no. knows your body more than you do. Scientifically, the FSH being above 23 could actually happen 10, 12, 15 years before you stop having periods. So symptoms of menopause is not just having periods to stop. It is moods, hot flashes, decreased libido, just feeling miserable because the brain actually needs testosterone. Women lose half the testosterone they have by age of 40. So by age of 40, you're already down on this, you're already going down. And that's the frustrating part about this is that- right. We don't listen. It's like, okay, here's your son. And the treatment for perimenopause and your symptoms, again, it's, it's, just, it's SSRIs. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I'm in aesthetics now, and I, I have to ask, you know, I still do a, med, a, a PHI and a PMI and all that. Like, what are you taking? I should literally have a multi-checkbox that's either Lexapro, Wellbutrin, Zoloft. And myself, I mean, I'm not saying, I, like, I'm like 10 milligrams of Prozac every day. Great. Keeps me from the top of the Ravenel. But like I should have a checkbox because everyone I see over, is on over an SSR. 80% of our patients who come here on antidepressants are off in four months. That's cool. Let, that, wow. let that sink in. There is also, uh, there's a syndrome called a post-sexual dysfunction of SSRIs where when you're exposed to them, you actually decrease your, your uh, opportunity for being intimate. And that can go away even when you're off the medication the way it works in the brain. Wow. Because that's the other thing people ask that I can't help is libido. I'm like, I cannot help well, you. It's I, I so can't, complicated. I, I, I can't hear simply. You ready? <laughs> I is, can't. Yes. This is easy. Can you drive a car okay, without good. gas? No. You cannot. And testosterone's gas. That's all this is. That's how simple this is. We're living life. So is this creams, pellets? What are we doing no, here's here? The thing. What are we, this what is are interesting. We, what are we doing? 1931 was the first time doctors isolated the molecule uh, testosterone in humans. 1940 was the first time they isolated uh, estradiol. The first study ever done on replacing hormone therapy was in 1935 on women, not men, women, but hysterectomies. And what they did was they took dried hormone, dried it up, put it in a pellet form, put it under mm -hmm. the skin, sits in the skin, and as the, as the capillaries go over the pellet, it dissolves in a steady state. That has been the first way to do it. That's so when I do it, it's the best way to do it. It mimics everything. Okay. Injections go up and down. The half-life goes up and down. I'll go with that reason why that matters in a minute. 40% of people okay. can't absorb creams at all. And this is also important. 
the government equates these molecules as same, if it's synthetic or bioidentical. And this is important. Bioidentical are man-made. So by definition, they're synthetic. But the final right. product, if it's recognized by the body as same, that's called bioidentical. And here's the little, little thing no one knows talks about. Pharmacy companies cannot own organic molecule. If nature makes mm -hmm. it, they can't own it. So they take okay. it and manipulate it to make it better than nature. That makes no sense to me. I think the onus is on them. So birth control pills, that they're synthetic estrogen, synthetic progestin. Increases blood clots, increases migraines. It increases right. um, breast cancer. Synthetic postmenopausal hormones have benefits. They also increase blood clots. They increase breast cancer, dementia, because the route matters. The structure of the molecule and the route matters. So you want the molecule to be identical to what your body made and the route to mimic the ovary, the adrenal gland, or the testicle as much as possible. And how those work is they make the hormone, and they squirt it the blood supply. It goes to the blood supply and the cells, they need to grab it. So therefore, having a depot sitting in fat mimics that. And that's the route I use, the pellet. It is, it is, it's a simple technique. It takes like five seconds to place a woman. Very easy to go. It sits there. And the dose is individualized. But here's why it's important. Like a mm -hmm. testosterone, again, becomes estrogen. When the testosterone is going up and down, the enzyme that converts to estrogen called aromatase is never in sync with that. When that's not in sync, then the estrogen molecule is not going up the, out, out the right pathway. That's the breast tenderness, the bloatiness, the headache, just the miserable. But if you keep it steady, then your body makes estrogen, estradiol, and there's three pathways to get relieve your body, two, 16, and four. It goes down the proper pathway, which is two. 16 and four are not good pathways. And by the way, birth control pills and pregnant go that direction. So the key is to mimic what's the best way for a pathway. To be homostatic is what the whole idea is. So I just, my, I hate to beat over the head with it, but again, we would never say, oh, for 39, your insulin's fine. No, is there, there's an right. optimal number, it's not an optimal number. But here's the problem. Say we go back to diabetes again. We're going to say, what's an optimal number of, 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 of blood sugar? And you have a million people in the study. So you have all this data and you get, and you get this median number. But everybody in that study is diabetic. The numbers are irrelevant because they're all sick. That's what I believe mm -hmm. we are. We'll all expose these, these plastics, these pesticides. We don't have a pure placebo group anymore. That's why I go backwards to when we didn't have as much pesticides, as much plastics in the environment. And that's the lab values I'm using. So is there, I have two, I thought I was thinking so many questions while you were talking. Okay. Well, first I'm going to ask a, a listener question because hopefully this is just like a straightforward answer. Maybe it's not, but she said, I have migraine with aura. This leads me into another question, the women's health initiative, but I'll go so she too. said, I have my, right. Okay, good. She said, I, I have migraine with aura. And so historically, I believe those patients are told that they cannot take birth control. Right. Because that what right? happens, that's a, that's a size, it's oral dose going through the liver to the first bypass that for increases okay. the chance of, of increased thrombotic events. That's why the aura increases blood clots. So the answer is no, okay. but natural testosterone bypass in liver does not do that actually gets rid of migraines it's the testosterone that makes the brain work you brought the whi i love that so 1935 okay, was the first paper tell us why we're talking about w with the yeah. women's health so initiative 19, i haven't talked about it very much so so two, 1935 was the very very first paper 
that did hormone therapy, as I talked about, it was women getting pellets, testosterone pellets. 2002 was the paper that came out July of 2002 that said yep. stop hormones, it causes breast cancer. Right. When that paper came out, I called the most famous OBGYN in the world up, Dr. Michelle Trainee. I said, Dr. Michelle, how do you throw 77 literature out the door with one paper? He was right. Greg. He goes, I trained you well. Keep giving Premarin. Keep giving Provera. There are complications over the minute. But that got me thinking, can I get the benefits without the risk factor? So let's go over this. They gave Premarin. That's 212 horse estrogens. It's not estradiol. They're not human molecules. Okay? Okay. You know, they cross-react a little bit. But when you take it orally, Premarin by itself did not increase breast cancer but it did increase blood clots, okay, because it's going to live. The arm that had Premarin plus Provera in it, that's synthetic progestin, not bioidentical, increased increased breast cancer 24%. So next day in the news, hormones cause breast cancer. First off is that isn't progesterone, and it is an estrogen, okay? But also the way that the statistics were put out is it, so they took it, it, it wasn't the absolute number, well, right? Well, it's all it relative was risk, you're right. And even that, even that paper, risk. even that paper is bad because there's a great book called Estrogen Matters Reviews that data. Hopkins went back with that data 15 years later. Those women with breast cancer were living longer because they had less heart attack and dementia. Mm. Okay. So that my thought was, can I get the benefit without any side effect? And this is my book, my, my first book called The Hormone Handbook goes over this. Dr. Fiorinero in France had said 134,000 women. He gave him estrogen, bioidentical, progesterone, bioidentical, that decreased breast cancer. They had decreased it by 10%. The other arm was estradiol with synthetic Provera. That increased it 69%. It's the Provera that's the problem. And by Dr. Glazier mm-hmm. uh, in, in Ohio, a, 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 a breast cancer surgeon, she shows in her studies that testosterone pellets decrease breast cancer between 40 and 60%. Well, and that's why it's so interesting. I think about the Women's Health Initiative now and, and also, okay, so when I was training, let me think, when would this have been like 2006 through 2010? And so I learned things from like Women's Health Initiative, you know, so we didn't give hormone replacement to any of our breast cancer patients and all that. And we talked about it every tumor board and yada, yada. But then I also kind of recently, and I don't, I hate to even compare the two, but it's like, we also all were trained the Purdue Pharma way of opioids, you know, don't cause addiction when they're used correctly. And now the medical community is doing these major 180s on Huge things, and and Women's Health Initiative is is one of them. I mean, that, we were all paper, taught that papers. I have a whole section of my new book called Restore goes through all of the WHI. It, it's it's yeah. again the bad skewing. They use older population, a bunch of data. But here's my again, I'm not that smart, and I'm not being facetious. Your body makes these hormones from the womb, from the womb, for your True. whole life, both men and women. They got it. You know, there's three, four functions it does. Testosterone lowers prostate cancer, not increases it. It lowers breast cancer, doesn't increase it. That's the issue is here. We're living in a in a sick environment that we're calling normal now. And that's the I don't again, I don't think we really evaluate all the Ferraris now because we're not driving properly. They're just sitting, they're not running. Let's put the gas in, let's see how things work. And it's not a it's not a panacea where one pellet changes everything. No. Sleeping, eating, exercise, removing stress, all that goes together. But the key component is. Again, I'm going to go harp on this all the time, but the most abundant 
human hormone in the body is testosterone. Why are we living at three, 400% less than previous generations? That's the issue. I think it's interesting too, to talk about, um, like you said, eating, sleeping and, and weight and all that. We, I think until really the last couple of years, the thinking about weight and weight loss has really been, you know, calories in calories out. And we're telling people to lose weight. And if they can't do it, it's like, well, you're not doing enough. But now with these drugs, people can knock them all they want, but we have people who, and I've seen them. Some of these people are my patients that I've seen them not eat a carb, you know, exercise twice a day for months, never drink nothing. They're doing everything. Quote, I'm using air quotes, right that we've taught them. And then these drugs now are available for the, for the mainstream basically that are saying, Hey, it's really these hormones that we haven't had a good understanding of. And we can change that now and permanently change people's lives. So it's really interesting, well, you know, a, I mean, that's why I call things it practice of medicine. I, th- I think, I, I think the biggest thing is when you mentioned carbs, calorie and calorie out. There's not one scientific paper showing that a hundred calories of, of a ribeye is different than hundred calories of sugar. Right. And we were not told that. Right. I love Jason Fung's book, Obesity Code, goes through this in detail. Also, Sean Baker's book, Carnivore Diet, goes over this in detail. But we used to never have breakfast or dinner. We usually ate two meals a day. And, and there's three meals a day, three snacks a day. The food pyramid, you look back in 1977, that's where it killed. Like, there was never one case. The first case of non-alcoholic fatty liver was 1980, three years after the food pyramid. And now 47% of mm-hmm. Americans have abnormal LFTs. It is sugar. It is sugar. But um, again, the thing about this is it's not as simple as you said. There's a great book called uh, Fast Like a Girl by Dr. Pels that talks about a cycling woman, different parts of her cycles. Fasting's good. Sometimes it's not. Men are getting, well, go back. Men are simplistic. We just eat three, four, you know, four, six hours a day. Everything changes. But again. Again, classic. Yeah. But but doing that with abnormal hormones, we even spent time on thyroid. Thyroid's been bombarded. 1979, they took all the iodine out of our food and replaced it with bromine. Halogens are poisonous. Fluoride, chlorine, bromine are lighter than iodine. Therefore, they have more affinity to the thyroid and for breast tissue and for the prostate. So when you saw the iodine go away, you saw prostate cancer go up, breast cancer go up, thyroid disorder go up because we need these things. Our topsoil is not average. It's these multi-factor things added up over, over time are making us age right. faster. And that's why I'm a real believer in Opto. That's why I say in the name of the company, Optimal Bio, it is give the hormones, eat right, sleep right, put the right supplementation in, and you'll have the best chance of being healthy. You know, we're not saying to live forever. That's not what we're talking about. But it's being healthy as we age. So can you talk about, and this is going to be tough because I'm sure I'm not going to want to hear the answer, but we're going to do it anyway. But all right, can you talk about birth control because we're, so many women, you know, I'm not trying to have a baby and we're, we're all on it, but I know it's not probably great, but yeah, also that, what that, else are we supposed to do? That, I don't be a hypocrite, doctor. I, I mean, Claire, I, I did as an OB, I gave birth control pills, right? But right. I started waking up a little bit with the big one that got me going that way was the Marina IUD. I found women are on it about 30 to 40% were depressed on it. When I took it out a week later, they were better. Now I know why, right. because- Synthetic progestins, side effects are equal to no progesterone. The same symptoms. Hmm. Birth control pills. The American board admits it. Birth control, marine IUD increases uh, breast cancer between 15 and 30%. But their answer is, well, 
being pregnant is risky. I believe the cycle a woman has is very, very beneficial to them. But I'm not here to play their God and say you can't have birth control. There are ways to find other ways sure. to do that. And the problem is, is the molecules, they call them hormonal, but they're not. They're synthetic hormones. And again, there are side effects to the route too. So that's why it's a very individualized choice. If you're taking a pill and you have no depression, no libido issues, you feel great. Okay, maybe that's for your time in your life. That's great. There are other ways, but hormonal, the problem to me, it's because when I see women get off of it in three or four weeks, like, wow, I feel like this fog is over my, off my head. But you know why? Because the progesterone, the way it blocks the GABA receptor in your brain is different than the natural progesterone. That's why these, these, right. these natural hormones that we make are very beneficial over the long haul. So I'm not, I don't want to hear say, you know, don't be on contraception. That's your personal choice, but there are benefits to cycling period. Well, and there, you know, I think there, like you said, it's so individual. There are certain circumstances where birth control is a lifesaver for people, you know, whether it's endometriosis or PCOS. Well, endometriosis, or- endometriosis that's interesting. I, I don't do gynecology. I retired four years ago. But I got patients here with endometriosis. When I do them testosterone, their symptoms go away because testosterone suppresses alpha-2 receptors. So why is endometriosis formed in the first place? You let me know when we'll, we'll win the Nobel Prize together. You know, I, I know that. But you look at the <laughs> hyperestrogenic state we are in. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and also Ozempic. I feel so like I've had patients that helps have been controlled on that too with endo. Yeah, so I find that, again, the endometriosis, as you know, is a wicked disease. You can have minimal disease, not a pain. You can have stage four, have no pain. But the question, why is right. it growing is the question. But again, we know testosterone suppresses estradiol alpha receptors. So again, I got women that we go on the pellet and they go out. The symptoms they have are decreased. So I think it's important to understand that. So that's why you write pills are, uh, are a, a first line event for mild endometriosis. I got it. But I'm finding now with the pellets, I'm having a lot better resolve of symptoms by having optimal testosterone. Okay. So I wanted to ask a couple of the questions that people gave us on Instagram. And one of them was about a new medication they heard coming out for hot flashes that's not hormonal. Do you know about that? I yes, I do. The problem again is it's blocking at the brain level. It's just, it's, it's just masking a symptom. I'll give you an example. Harvard did a paper three years ago. Hot Women with hot flashes have a 200% increase in MIs and heart attacks. So it's not the hot flashes causing it. It's a sign you have low estrogen. Low estrogen, which comes from testosterone, oh. actually increases endothelial dysfunction. Because atherosclerosis, dementia, Alzheimer's are all endothelial dysfunction problems. So having hot flashes is just a nuisance. So having a pill that blocks the central receptor of the brain to block that red light to me is stupid. What's your body lacking? It's lacking estrogen and testosterone progesterone. You put that away, the hot flashes go away. I do the pellets. They're gone away with a few hours. But more importantly, it's at the root cause. Now your infield lining is healthy. Everything's back to being you know, 20 years old. That's the goal. It's not just to, okay. not, not, it's not to, not to mask these issues like when, when – um, Women's bottoms change the age in menopause. Well, there's this procedure where they they burn the, the vagina. Well, if you give hormones, the vagina's like it's 25 again. Uh, therefore, you know, they don't need to put slings in. All these things keep the, the tissue young. And we see this on the outside, but we're also talking about bone, heart, breast, brain. 
all that can be younger if you have a younger biochemistry. Right. Okay. Interesting. Gosh, it's so complicated. All right. And what, and my personal question, like, what do y'all do? I'm assuming a bunch of labs. Like, how do you evaluate people? Is it mostly for, subjective for, or labs or well, a if, combo if, if, of if, both? It's both. It's both. What's so great about this is I'm never anybody's first doctor. You know, I'm like their 10th what? doctor, right? True. I've already seen everybody else. Forever. I've tried this. I go to the doctor and say I'm normal, but I feel terrible. So I spend a lot of time drawing the hypothalamus antipituitary, how those six hormones all work, how they all go together. I got a big whiteboard in my office. All my all my PAs and nurse practitioners do the same thing. We, we listen and then we educate how the things work. And we let them know that their subjective feelings are not, quote unquote, in their head. They're in their head because their brain is in their head. It's not make-believe. Your body, again, nobody knows your body more than you do. So then we do is we get the numbers. I, 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 get the bunch of, I get liver enzymes. I get I get cholesterol. Because I want to have high cholesterol because cholesterol becomes these hormones. I'm a big believer in brain protection with cholesterol. I also check all my levels where they're at. I walk in their cycle where they're at. And then we come back, go over all the data. And then we have answer questions. And the bottom line is this. This is it. This is it, Ms. Claire, is this. How do I know it works? I'll get your numbers in higher, the older ranges. But you come back mm-hmm. and say, wow, I came for tiredness. I'm not tired anymore. I came for brain fog. It's gone. Uh, my intimacy is back. And we have over a 98% retention. We've done over 50,000 patients in 12 years across, and we're at eight, uh, four states, eight offices, and we have a 98% retention. So we know individually they're make, we're making a difference in our life every day. You know, it's 80% of people are off, uh, off antidepressants. So we're just putting their levels back to an 18-year-old, how they feel. And it's education. I give a lot of videos. We have podcasts and YouTube channel too. I wrote books on this, papers on this. I want them educated and to ask questions of everybody, not just listen, trust but verify. So we talked a lot about women, but tell us, I do have, I do have some men that listen and have a lot of women that deal with a lot of men. So <laughs> t- tell us, tell us some about what you're seeing with men and how I, cause I can't, I mean, if women, well, half my, pa- like half my patients are men half. Yeah. I've been, I, a pel- I've been a pelvis for 12 years. Again, back to this men can the same thing. I'm tired. I lost my mojo, my brain fog. Um, right. And then we put their levels into the grandfather's range. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'm awake again. And mm-hmm. with all that comes to that, all of that, I lose belly fat. I'm stronger than gym. I'm more intimate with my wife. I'm calmer. A grumpy old man syndrome goes away. Testosterone is the happy hormone. I work a lot with yeah. our military. I got these, uh, I wrote a paper on PTSD years ago too. And you see these young men just coming back to life again. It's, yeah. It's, again, I, I know, I know we had it the last 30 minutes, but it's like you would never say live without cortisol. You would never say live without insulin, but it's okay to live without testosterone. It makes zero sense. Everything we do are, 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 is, is, ma- is band-aids over the issue. I'm a root cause guy. I want to stop the bleeding. I want to put the fuel in, see how it goes. But the great part is it's subjective. So the answer is I have the root cause, the numbers in the lab, the blood levels to show where you're at. And then you tell me, wow, my symptoms got better. I didn't think about this. I'm stronger at the gym. I'm more energy. I'm walking on flights of stairs. Oh, by the way, I lost a, a, you know, I lost a pant size. That's what we hear every, every single day. So are there certain things or like a certain age where you would say, 
okay, if you are, you know, above the age of 35, you should probably, you know, if, and and you have X, Y, Z symptoms. I mean, if you feel great, great, good, you know, good for you, but if you're over a certain age or is there, are there certain symptoms that you say? It's symptom driven. We have about five percent of our patients are under 21. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the kids coming here now and they're under 25, they were in the womb bombarded by these plastics. The placenta yeah. cannot filter them out. So they're starting at a lower value. Dr. Travis did a paper looking at the last five decades of testosterone in men. And they showed roughly a 2% decrease every year since 1970. So they don't have a built-up reserve when stress hits them. So to me, it's symptom-driven. Sometimes, you know, it was, I have a lot of young, like, college-age boys. And they're like, well, they're just being boys. Well, their level's 100. You went at 1,200, they're awake again. So that's what's important. You got to balance that with fertility. Because young men, it can 40% of men can decrease sperm count. But today's generation of men, four to ten percent of men have no sperm already because of the environmental things. That's why it's okay. So I want to talk about plastic. Yes. Can you talk Phthalates, about plastic? That's a big one. Plastic. Okay, my micro- husband and I look what if he reread something recently and came home and literally I was like, can you give it a second? Like, let me order some glass before you just throw away all our plastic. <laughs> like I'm fine. Fine. But like literally one day I just opened the cabinet. I'm like, what am I supposed to drink out of? Cause my glasses hadn't gotten there yet. But he came home on like a rampage. He's well, an internist by trade uh, on all our plastics. I, I agree. Think about plastics. It does three things to your body. It stops production of testosterone. It increases the enzyme aromatase, therefore it makes you more hyperestrogenic, and it mimics estrogen. So that's what it does, and it downregulates production. So it's the phthalates are the worst, and we don't we find out over time. Again, I don't believe anybody's sitting there right. making these making these plastics or these dyes or these pesticides trying to hurt us. With but there's side effects. Right. You don't find out till you know one, two, three generations down the line. Like you know, back right. you know, in you know, thalidomide. Little babies, that, that medication was helped to stop miscarriage and it ended up with babies' limb defects. Uh, you have DES exposure, same thing. DES was supposed to help miscarriages and it made women's wombs become abnormally shaped and increase a topic rate of miscarriage rate. So not, they're not trying to hurt us. The question is we got to look at this body. So therefore, to be simplistic, I want to replace this body with the, le- with the structure our body makes at levels they used to make. That's all we do at OptoBio. And with that, we have a 90% retention rate. I have a question for you. This is very niche, but do you feel like acceptable plastic replacements are glass and glass only, or like there's so much silicone stuff now that's like silicone Ziploc bags, silicone baking trays, that kind of thing. And then, you know, our kids are all, we've, we're all like, um, is it aluminum? Are they aluminum water bottles? Then I read something, there's lead and the damn aluminum. And I was like, (laughs) I can't. What's happening? Like, I, my kid cannot take a glass water bottle to school. Like, that's just, I can't do it. So what I, are, I what, agree. I agree. What do you think? But glasses is inert, right? It's inert. Uh, I was working in a pharmacy lab in the 70s. We went from glass IV ba- bottles to I, to plastic IV bags. Plastic. <gasps> and we knew that the plastic is not inert. So if you're giving a certain medication, you had to give more of it to coat the tubing. So now we know more what that does. So yes, I, I don't want to feel like, I don't mean that catatonic. Oh my gosh, we live in a sick world. I got it. Our body's very well made to adapt. 
but just try to make it as strong as possible for this environment. So yes, aluminum, mercury are poisons to the brain. We know that. Very low values right. are important. Uh, we know glasses and hurt. We know plastics are bad. But the question is, is what can we do? It's common things. Like I said, I'm a big believer in filter, water filter. Uh, Berkey water filter is my favorite. Uh, I think that's the crucial thing for your shower head, for your drinking your water, uh, you know, or uh, non-pest, non-roundup food, non-GMO food, uh, grass-fed yeah. beef. These are important things. It just gets so expensive, so hard, but we got to right. do our best, especially, you know, pregnant women. I, I beg, you know, filtered water as much as you can. Uh, our body cannot metabolize folic, uh, folic acid, but folate we can. Uh, methyl hormones, methyl enzyme, uh, vitamins are much more important for our body. These are things that are important. I have a dietitian that I love to to come on the show and she specializes in fertility. And I mean, she's like, listen, we all have to live our life. So yep. it's, it's a balance, but there is data that shows that, you know, organic consumption of organic versus non-organic. Cause the only way, like you said, glyphosate exposure and the only way to avoid that, that I know of is organic versus conventional. And she said, we, I mean, we have data that shows that it impacts fertility. And, and so you can't really, argue with that at least not not yet well, look, um, but you, you, let's look at look at the data yeah we know and it, it's that, so expensive though yeah it is, but look at the look well, we know something's going on because we're losing sperm one percent per year since 1970 since 2002 has been two percent paper came out a few years ago that said by tw- by hebrew university said by 2050 men in europe north america australia new zealand will be infertile and we just keep blowing through life we keep going there's something got to happen right. here. And one of my specialties when I was in OB was recurrent miscarriage. So there's, there's reasons. There's environmental reasons. There's genetic reasons. There's hormonal reasons. But we we have to look at this kind of aspect of this to see well, what's going on. We can't continue the same path. Uh, I love Jason Fung's book. He talks about, he said, for 60 years, we tried this. It's not working. Let's try something else. Let's just, let's just try something else. And I really believe in liberty. You may believe in something else, so you, you do it. Not one size fits all. That's the key. But there are certain foundational principles that are true. Plastics affect glasses inert. Aluminum is bad. Mercury is bad. Uh, we, uh, hormone levels being optimized are healthy. These are certain facts. How you get there is your call. But you said something a few, you know, 20 minutes ago about this calorie in, calorie out. I'm not working hard enough. As an OB, it was very sad. These women come in. I'm doing everything proper. I'm not, lo- I'm not losing weight. Because you're right, when I look at the hormones, we say, well, you're not working hard enough. No, I am. I got it. And that's yeah. very frustrating. We're doing it. Again, if you want diabetes, eat the way the American Diabetes Association tells you to eat. Eat that way. You know, 30 grams of, you know, 30 grams of carbohydrates in the morning, orange juice. That causes a hyperinsulinemia. We got to, we got to get away right. from those kind of things. And I, I don't want, I don't think we need a government agency to house eat. We have to make individual choices. No, you're so right. This has been super eye-opening and informative and what a great conversation. So I know you're, you guys have clinics all over the place. Where are you specifically in Charleston or where do you practice? Okay, I'm in, I'm in a carry outside Raleigh, but I rotate amongst them. So everybody, we have off the okay. in Virginia, South Carolina, uh, Charleston and Greenville, South Carolina, four North Carolina. We just opened Austin, Texas uh, last week. Um, well, we have the whole Southeast, but what's interesting is all my, I got, I got 10 PAs, all trained by me. I rotate amongst them, but I'm mainly in carry. Awesome. So if people want to find you or find a clinic, optimalbio.com is our website, okay. our social media, our YouTube channel, every, our Instagram, our TikTok. 
everything's there. We have uh, a lot of great guests that come out and talk our shows. We have a lot of papers, a lot of documents. I write Substack twice about every two months, uh, about twice a month. Uh, my new book called Restores, I'm really proud of that one. It, it, it's a not a science book. It's a journey of a woman's life and hormones and a man's life. And then all the side effects that happen when you're low and the benefits you're on. I, I don't think I was on a boring read. I have a lot, I have science in the middle, but I want people to take this journey of, of restoring our body and restoring back to where we used to be to go full forward. I believe we, I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a real believer on that responsibility is necessary for liberty. And I want people educated to make those decisions. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sponsoring the episode and for coming on Dr. Brandon and you're so great to talk to. I'd love to have you on again. And guys, as always, if you liked this episode, please rate, subscribe and share. And that's how we keep getting great guests.